Hey everyone, this is Christopher Luxon, the former CEO of Air New Zealand. This is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. This is Tracy Ibarra. I'm an executive solutions at Dell Technologies. This is Travis Chappell, founder of Build Your Network. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change, to navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, my very good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Hey listeners, welcome to another episode on the Leadership is Changing podcast. It's great to have you with me. Uh, what are we going to be talking today? It's really another mashup and uh, what you would have noticed as of the last week that the uh, we're doing some mashups. We're going to be sharing one every week for a while or for a little while um, of different episodes that we did throughout the last few months. A mashup, if you don't know what that is, is that we take snippets from different episodes of different guests and we pull them together to create one episode to give you a little bit of a flavor and understanding or a little bit of an experience from those episodes. And then if you're keen to know more, then you can go to the actual episode in which we've actually recorded. Now this week, uh, the, the mashup is two different guests that I had. From episode 272, Sherry Foos, uh, and the episode title is How to Embrace Diversity. And then from episode 273, Dr. Sean Hall, uh, the title of that episode is Authentic Leadership, and uh, Sean and I talk about that. He's based in Australia, well, he's actually based around the world, traveling all the time, but his organization, of course, is based in, in Australia and uh, he's the CEO of the organization but uh, he shares some wonderful thoughts about authentic leadership and Sherry about how to embrace diversity and I think that's a really important topic for us to cover off with so uh, listeners sit back take notes and let's have a listen who's your favorite leader and why I guess I would say Mandela Mm. because he did the impossible he, I can't imagine what his self-talk might have been, but I know he had wonderful parents who helped create a foundation of faith and trust and belief that, you know, I'm going to do the right thing and the world will fall in place. I mean, he was a giant and proved out that peace and love win. And he was a giant and he still continues to be a giant and he's not even alive. It's just wonderful to see what he's done. And yeah, just imagine all the negative loops, the thoughts, everything that was going through his mind when he was in, in prison, right? I mean, it, it's huge. Well, just imagine the, the insult, the constant mm. insult to your person and to be able to look at it from a far different perspective. Yep. Not take it per- and become friends with your jailer. Get out of here. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Here's a question I'm just going to throw at you. Just see what you, th- what you think about this. But if you were sitting on a park bench with Nelson Mandela, what would be a question you might ask him? How do you stay so thin? <laughs> well, there you go. There's the humor, but it's a great question. Yeah, how does he stay so thin? Yeah, it's very good. 
Yeah, oh, nice. Well done. Do you want a, do you want a real a better question? No, um, no, that's good. Okay. Yeah. Tell me, the show here is called Leadership is Changing. When I say that title or that statement, what does that mean to you? It just means to me that the whole notion about what is power, what is a positive influence, what gets us motivated and going is now coming from a far more sophisticated understanding, not just of what motivates us, but of what it means to be human in a time like now, when we are on one hand, on a daily basis, just dealing with miracles, the miracles of being able to learn anything in a split second. Come on, that's wonderful. And the travesty and tragedies that we are also witnessing every day. So given the state of the earth and the challenges of climate and politics and all of those things, there's no way that I can justify my life without saying things need to become more humanistic, more open-minded, and more genius. If you can do a surgery without making a cut in a person, if people can survive. I just had a friend who overcame pancreatic cancer. Wow. Some of the great feats, whether in science, in sports, or any other field in the world, are really possible. If we can go to other planets, if we are looking now at flying cars, surely we can connect. Surely we can find ways to appreciate other human beings despite our differences. And the reason it's really easy is because almost everybody, except for a few narcissists or the rare person who truly does have a mental disability, everyone has empathy. Everyone has the need to use it and receive it. We're halfway there, but we just haven't all been given the tools. So the idea that leadership is changing gives me faith that those who are guiding us have a new wisdom and a reboot to what success looks like. It's not just about me getting all the stuff. It's about finding a way for you to be rewarded for your work for sure, to inspire other people to do it, but to have yet another purpose that goes beyond our individual needs that makes that product or service valid. It's yep. got to have another purpose. Yep, yep, yep. And I think that not to dismiss those who have gone through it or those who people have passed away from it, but the COVID side of things, the pandemic, has really been, I think, a big wake-up call for a lot of people in the sense that life is fragile and that, you know, what we do every day doesn't mean it's going to be permanent. And then we also need to change quickly and we need to get on with things because if we don't, and in my, in my actual introduction to the show, I talk about leaders, organizations the same. If they're not changing quick enough, they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. And they don't want that. And so I think what you've been sharing there is really important for people to understand that they, we can connect with others, we can learn from others, we can grow from others, but they can also connect with us and learn from us and grow from us as well. And so if we can do that, it's good. And you've mentioned it a couple of times, maybe even three times already on the episode, and that is if we have the tools and if we've got the tools to do that. And I think that uh, people need to find the tools to help them move through and move forward, which is really important. I think one of the most important type of tool is a tool for self-soothing. 
because, you know, we often treat ourselves as though we're in our own army. Come on, get it together. Exercise. Eat. Don't. Well, hang on a second. There's a whole bunch of us inside this one being, and we're not all on board. Some of us don't even want to get out of bed, much less go work out. I think the capacity to attend to different parts of ourselves the parts that don't feel like going along with the program right now is really important in terms of staying whole. For instance, we teach an exercise which many traditions use, which I I just call hand to heart, which is if you take your dominant hand and put it on your heart just long enough to start feeling your heartbeat, that dominant hand is like the grown-up you. That's the you that handles everything that you've ever handled. You didn't know how you were going to handle it, but you figured it out. It's the most together leader within all of your, your parts. But from the inside, the vulnerable you feels that strength and can relax. So the defenses don't have to cry and scream and you know kick their feet. Whatever you can do to develop more and more tools like this that you can do any place at any time, we have lots of them. And I think that is what we need because life in 2022 is a constant onslaught from all kinds of unwelcome voices telling us we're not good enough. And that is really one of the core drivers behind the the narrative method is to understand that this thing I call the cult of culture, the constant onslaught, media, social media, institutions, everything, as well as everyone you know, because we've all been victim of it. That is the biggest factor in our psychology, sociology. It's not your family of origin or what happened. It's all those things matter, of course. But this is something that started when you were in utero and continued when you were an infant and a young child before you had any capacity to understand or defend yourself or say, look, I know that buying this soap isn't going to make me happier. But this stuff infiltrated us and continues to do so in overt and subliminal ways. So we need to know that these feelings of defectiveness that every single person you know has because nobody's attractive enough or smart enough, good enough, successful, you know, everything. Go down the line of, of all we aspire to be. The pandemic has given us something so ironic, which is it is the one vulnerability that nobody has to be ashamed for having caused that we all share. So when we come together and, and can say, you know, I have also been made to feel not good enough by the cult of culture. And I feel like I'm, you know, not as smart as some people and not as productive or or whatever those things are. And then you hear other people in a group say something that is essentially the same. Now, here's some, I never met this person. You are speaking my vulnerability that proves that it can't just be my personal defect. Yep. Once you realize that we are all in that part together, 50% of your personal shame and insecurity sort of vanish because it's not yours. Now, the question I've got for you, this person can be alive or from history. Who's your favorite leader and why? Yeah, I've, I've actually thought long about this because I've heard you ask this question to other interviewees. And my best example is I don't have one person. I'm a lover of history and there are some great lessons in history. 
But I think that there are different people that can teach us different things, you know. And before, you know, I was thinking I got a chance to meet Jack Welch, you know, the former GE CEO and all those books. And he really inspired, but he's not the one person. Through school, I had to learn my art of war, right? But he's not the one person. I think when you look at your career in leadership, it's important to identify who can teach you certain lessons. And I went to a cadet school, right? So everything was a bit formal, you know, brass and polished by the numbers. And some of generals that you study, whether they are ancient or modern history, has adaptation to lessons in leadership, right? My school was also a Catholic school, so I was always fascinated, believe it or not, by the Bible. And I'm not a strict religious person, but from a leadership perspective, here is a book that has suffered the ages and the torments of man, but has still convinced a mass population into an esoteric deity that we should succumb to laws, principles, and so forth. So I think virtues of leadership and examples of leadership can be found in everyday life from early schooling through to, I don't know, something more formal that you do in your life. There's there's not one person, but I, I know that Jack got me to look at business differently. I know some of my professors from back in the days in Boston have got me to look at myself differently, right? But the one thing I take away, and it was really Michael Potter uh, uh, from school some time back now, was if you want to lead, people need to believe in you. When they stop believing in you is when they stop following. And so that being authentic, as in being an authentic leader, probably is the most deepest and most meaningful learning I have had through my entire career. Nice, nice. Now, if I was to say to you, one of those generals or Jesus or somebody who was sitting on on a park bench with having a coffee, what would be one question you want to ask them? It would be very interesting, especially someone from a more ancient history, to have them look at me, to have them look at the company I've adapted today. And in their eyes, without all this modern technology that we use to enhance life, ask them a question, what am I doing wrong? Oh, very, very good. Yeah, that'd be cool. Do you know, it's that old paradigm. Sometimes a fresh set of eyes can give a very honest outcome. And the problem we have, especially look at it this way, from what we've spoken about, we're talking about a repetitiveness of selling a message and authentic. It's not uncommon from a behavioral aspect for us to get caught up in our own narrative. And it's sometimes that fresh set of eyes. And you know, in my case, it might be my wife look at me going, what the hell are you saying? What are you doing? <laughs> that is that stop, that check that you need to do. And that can be more valuable than anything else. Yep. I, I agree. I agree. And, and, you know, when I used to travel the world and doing a lot of these events, and even if I do the events today because of the pandemic, we're not being able to travel much, but doing events, you know, when I do these events, some of them could be one day, two days, three days, depending what it is, but mm. I'm on a high. And then mm-hmm. I used to travel back to New Zealand from overseas and so forth and come home. But then the family would actually bring me back to reality and do that little bit of a check-in with me just to say, hey, what's going on here? And you're so right. I think sometimes we do get up caught up, caught up in our own narrative about things. And if you can get different perspectives 
It is the best thing you can do because really when you're out there doing things and whether it's in a a medical industry or whatever it is, and you're out there selling something or you're trying to sell the vision, if you're stuck in your own narrative, then you're probably missing the mark or you're not listening to what the market's wanting or what your team might be wanting. And um, it's a big thing for you to do. So I'm glad you you talked about that. Yeah, well, let's just phrase that as a reality check. And there's probably more meaning in those two words than we realize. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, the show's called Leadership is Changing. When I say that title or that statement, what, what does that mean for you? Well, I think we're right now in probably the best example of, of, of what that statement means. From a world perspective, we've gone through near two years of COVID. And I don't want to turn this into a COVID conversation, but if you follow news, it's doom, gloom, death and despair everywhere, right? Let's just call it what it is. And when we're looking at staff, we've been protective about staff. We've been concerned about their welfare, right? And COVID has brought in a lot of challenges from business, from from supply chain, R&D projects getting blown out and so forth. A number of companies decided to, you know, to hanker down and weather the storm. It doesn't matter whatever. But where we are right now, I think we're all coming to the realisation that whatever COVID is, it's here and it's going to stay. And as leaders, we need to evolve. We need to evolve our staff. And as businesses, we need to move ahead with this new macro hanging over us. So here at MedLab, part of our step change is surviving with COVID, knowing that we could wake up tomorrow and there could be restrictions. Maybe we can travel, maybe we can't. But the idea is to park that off and say, that's no longer an excuse. So how do we get that agility back into the company? And how do we forge ahead doing what we are entrusted to do? So when I I look at leadership changing, we are actually going through an evolution in MedLab now where we're redoing everyone's KPIs. And the KPIs are about aggressively stepping forward in light. And it doesn't matter what the world throws at us. We go back to a mantra that we had pre-COVID, which is everything's okay if our house is in order. Right. So programs are on path. We're developing our staff and uh, we are all working as one. From our perspective, to survive through COVID, MedLab had to divide into certain silos just to get jobs done. It's now time to kick out the silos. Right. So I'm leading a step change in the organization that's a lot more aggressive. We just had up into Christmas global patents get approved for a wonderful delivery platform we have. So I'm on the commercial teams. Doesn't matter. You can travel. You can't travel. Europe's opened. US is opened. It's closed the next day. You need to commercialize. Right. And this in part is their belief in me that I'm going to do the right thing by them. I'm not going to expose them to undue risk. There's that health side, physical and mental, but at the same time, it's tuning that company up to accelerate in discussions it's had, how it treats those discussions and moving forward. And it's a big sell process. Yesterday for four and a half hours, I was on video conference back to Sydney, addressing team members at a one-to-one interval. The younger guys have a little bit more concern. The older guys have different concern, but it was important at that stage to get down to a you and me conversation right, on how we move it forward. So the cell position is at this point really big and that cell position doesn't work unless your staff believe in you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, cool. And I I like what you say, everything is okay if our house is in order. That's the right way of saying it? Yeah. It it is a mantra that we have. And I think it's the same thing that I think for a lot of our listeners, it's their organizations, their businesses, they should be thinking about that. But also them personally, they should be thinking about them 
that everything's going to be okay if their house is in order. In other words, uh, and I call the house probably for the individuals between the areas, right? Their attitude, their mindset, and so forth. If everything's fine there, that's good. Health-wise, if they're physically, mentally, and emotionally fit, that's good too. Because, sure, and I've seen a lot of people over the last sort of sort of six months, even year, are really, really tired. And it's, a lot of it's been the lockdown. But I think a lot of it hasn't been the fact that we've been stuck at home only. It's been that doom and gloom and that fear mm-hmm. that's been pushed into a lot of people. And all I can say to, to listeners is stop watching the news. Yeah. Yep. It's probably one of the best things I have done, right? And so is not watching the news, but also on my social media feeds, I've stopped all news feeds I've, I mean, for months or even over a year. And it's been the best thing I've done. And I think if it's it's really important to make sure that we've got the right things going in between our ears for us to help us as well. That's right. We've got to get back to positivity. Yeah. And you're not going to get it if you follow Instagram and follow, you know, the nightly news. Yes. And there's a lot of positive things that companies do, both in staff development, culturally, and in products and services they promote. So we go back to why are we here? And again, there's this reality check that clocks back in. Wow, listeners, I hope you already got a lot of good information from those two little snippets in that mashup of uh, the Leadership is Changing podcast. And of course, in this episode, we had Sherry Foos, and that's on episode 272. If you haven't already gone and listened to that, I'm going to encourage you to go and listen to that episode 272. And even if you've heard it before, go back and listen to it again, because I'm sure you're going to pick up different areas or different things that you might want to do. And of course, episode 273, Dr. Sean Hall, and uh, Sean talks about authentic leadership, and if you haven't already heard that one, feel free to go and listen to that again. Uh, Both of them, you're going to get some great information. So listeners, it's great being with you. Hey, thanks for joining me, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.